When the term artificial intelligence is used, it's not uncommon to envision robots managing dozens of complex tasks in similar fashion to humans, like those on the old cartoon series, The Jetsons. While AI and machine learning are definitely moving toward more and more advanced capabilities, these tools and techniques are used to level up our skills at a scale not previously attainable. In short, AI and machine learning enable us to deliver better results to water industry stakeholders, from utilities to ratepayers. This episode of Solving Water dives into the topic of data science and how Xylem is using artificial intelligence, machine learning, and the data lake concept to solve critical issues for water utilities, such as energy and capital storage savings and infrastructure damage risk assessments. Just to name a few, here's the discussion. Hello, Solving Water listeners. I'm your host, Amanda Holloway, and I'm joined today by Brandon O'Daniel, Senior Software Manager of Data Lake and Data Science at Xylem. And he's going to give us a better understanding of how the world of artificial intelligence and machine learning is helping move Xylem and the water industry forward. So thanks for being here, Brandon. Well, thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Really happy that you reached out to me about sharing this topic with our Solving Water listeners I've read some of the resources you shared with me prior to the interview, and even though I'm starting to get a clearer picture of AI and the data lake, I'm still really looking forward to your further clarification and education on this topic. So, but I should say, before we get into AI and machine learning and what what those things are, I wonder if you could introduce yourself, talk a little bit about what you do for Xylem and how you got your start in data science overall. Uh, sure, yeah, so my name is Brandon O'Daniel. Uh, like, like you said, I'm a senior manager of the data lake and data science team uh, here at Xylem. Uh, we are in the Software Center of Excellence uh, within Xylem that is a organization that goes through and does a lot of um, software engineering for the different uh, businesses within Xylem uh, to make external products as well as um, internal supporting products. Uh, the, I've been in the IT industry for probably, let's see, what is it? So about 22 years now and uh, done uh, numerous different types of uh, positions, usually all related to data, whether they be a database administrator or a product manager for like data services, uh, project management, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, about Four to five years ago, I got a wonderful opportunity to work on our large-scale data lake. And very soon thereafter, that evolved into doing a lot of artificial intelligence on top of very large uh, data sets uh, for Xylem. So uh, that's how I got into it. Uh, super excited. I get to come in every day. Uh, I love looking for needles in haystacks when it comes to uh, different types of data sets. And I love playing with data. So it's a, it's a dream to get to come in and do this. And it's even more special to get to do it with uh, water. And, um, you know, a lot of the wonderful kind of things that Xylem gets to do, managing water for people and, and a lot of the environmental things as well. That's awesome. I, I mean, we I can't tell you how much I appreciate uh, a mind like yours coming from the complete opposite side of things over in marketing where I'm, you know, not really anywhere in the engineering slash uh, data science spectrum. So um, it's really great to have you help uh, educate us today. Um, and speaking of education, maybe we just start kind of at the, the 
you know, the basics and helping uh, us define artificial intelligence and maybe data lake in plain English so that we could. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So sounds wonderful. So what's really interesting is if you were to uh, Google the terms machine learning or artificial intelligence, uh, you'll get hundreds of different definitions of it, uh, just depending on the context, the author, that sort of thing. Uh, Very simply, the way I tend to think of it is I think of it as a series of tools and techniques where you can train either computers or microprocessors uh, to understand, discern like human language, uh, the physical world through images, um, or just simply complex patterns and relationships across large swaths of data. Uh, So to give you an example, when you say human language, uh, if you use the you know, your Echo Dot or your Apple Siri, uh, that is an example of artificial intelligence that's called natural language processing because it understands people's language and the way that they speak, but it's a computer doing it. Um, or if you are lucky enough to drive a Tesla that has autopilot, you know, so that there are cameras on the front of the Tesla that look at images and navigate uh, the Tesla down the road based on those images. Uh, so it's kind of using computing and uh, microprocessors to, to look at images. And then, you know, complex patterns, relationships across data, you know, you can think of that as like, uh, credit card fraud or detection, you know, is a very simple way, you know, so you have millions of, of financial transactions and you're looking for that needle in the haystack or that certain set of combinations that helps people to find, uh, or I should say helps the banks or financial institutions to find, you know, where uh, theft and that sort of thing is going on. So th- those are some very simple day-to-day obvious kind of uh, things with AI. Um, and the wonderful thing about AI is it's, it's technology that goes into existing products. And so it's really successful when uh, you don't even notice it's, it's there. You know, so you don't tend to think about when you're using your Apple Siri, oh, this is AI, you know, sort of thing. It's just, oh, it's Siri. I interact with it, you know. So, so you know, AI is kind of something that you don't do for a product, but it's something that is used to strengthen, like, an, uh, like, like a product, so to speak. Um, now, data lakes, data lakes are uh, a way of, I'll just put it this way, it's a way of storing large amounts of data in a very economically feasible way. So, um, you know, probably about 20 years ago, people uh, were talking about what's called relational databases, you know, so you might have heard uh, names like Oracle thrown out, for instance, you know, so they make relational database software. Then it kind of evolved into like data warehouses, you know, where you would take lots of different databases, put them together into a data warehouse. A data lake is kind of like the next progression. So um, the way to kind of think about a data lake is, uh, you know, if you've ever seen like one of those large scale libraries, you know, like Library of Congress, so to speak, where you have like uh, these like huge like archivals of books and somebody goes and they say, I want this one book that's only used every so often. And then they go and they, you, you go and you find the data, you, i.e. the book, and then you retrieve it back. Um, that's kind of how a data lake works. So it stores large amounts of raw data, but only really actually processes it when you need it. And it's a lot more cost effective than say processing it all the time. Uh, like you wouldn't say a data warehouse or a, or a relational database. Um, so that, that, that's it at a very high level. 
Okay. I mean, that's very, very helpful. And I love the way you laid it out in terms of progression, because that's that really helps me visualize <laughs> what this, what these uh, terms mean. And so now wondering if we can go a step further and understand what Xylem is doing with artificial intelligence and how Xylem is using data lake. Okay. Okay. Those are kind of two separate but related questions. So I handle the data lake side first. So our data lake today is used for uh, archival and storage of a lot of information that comes off of a lot of our devices that are out in the field. And then uh, what we do is we take that data and we mine it uh, in order to learn things about those devices, uh, to learn how to make them better and how to improve them over time. Um, also too, we use the data lake to go through and combine all types of different data sources that come in. So for instance, uh, we may take field data that comes in off the of devices and combine it with say publicly available data, like data from the EPA or data from the Energy um, Institute of America, uh, American Gas Institute, um, I mean, sorry, American Gas Association or other types of different uh, publicly available data sets. Um, so it's just a large place where you can store lots of data very efficiently in order to go through and figure out how to best analyze it um, in order to help our products and to help our customers. Um, in terms of artificial intelligence, so my team kind of acts as a group of consultants uh, across the company to help uh, various divisions. But also there are various divisions and products uh, in the Xylem View side, um, in flight, um, and uh, a number of other businesses um, like our assessment services division that have their own data scientists that go through and integrate uh, AI and ML into like various products uh, that are there. So uh, some places that I know that are used is in our like pipe risk assessment product. Uh, there is the AquaTune BlueX treatment group that uses it as well. Um, and, um, you know, we're seeing more and more interest that comes around from other products and other customers as well. Uh, so, so kind of we're at the tip of the iceberg, uh, in terms of the way it's going to be integrated in, uh, to be used in a number of products and things. Okay. So maybe we could just walk through how this process works, um, in terms of how do you know where to start? Like, how do you say, okay, I want to work on this particular project and I know that I'm going to use AI in order to help us achieve these goals. Like what are, where do we, where do we start? Sure, 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 sure. Uh, there's one of two ways that people usually come to me uh, in terms of starting off products, I mean projects. And so um, one way is there may be a way of detecting, uh, let's say some sort of anomaly or some, some sort of forecast that, that people want to do. So they know, hey, I have this defined goal of what I want to do analytically with data, where I want this uh, particular device or microprocessor to go through and do this one particular thing, um, but we need to scale it up. And we need to scale it up at a size that you know, couldn't possibly be done by humans. So a human analyst can go through and analyze, say, a couple thousand records at a time, but when you start getting into like the millions and billions of data points, uh, it gets to be something where a human can't really handle that much amount of data, you know, in a very labor effective way. So what we'll do is we'll understand and talk with these stakeholders and understand what sort of things that they want to do, how they want to scale it up. And we try to help match the technique that we use uh, 
with what their particular use case or their requirements are. Uh, okay, so I'm going make- to stop you right there because if, if I'm just going to venture a guess that there's a few folks listening that probably um, are, are at the same level um, as I am in terms of this topic. So let's, can we put this in context of an application? So we're talking about goals. Um, I know we may not be able to get into highly specific examples, but um, when we're talking about you know, what are the results? What are the goals of the project? What are the types of data? Are we talking about um, utilities, industry? Is it uh, primarily wastewater? Is it clean water? Is it a combination? Is it, um, if you could just give us a little context, that'll, I think, really help people understand the the types of applications we would use this in. Um, so the types of applications that you would use this in would be anything that's a very data-centric uh, type application. So if you have a wastewater application that is data-centric, uh, this could be a prime candidate. Uh, if it's, uh, say, a smart metering, uh, AMI type of project, this would be a prime candidate. So it's any place where you have large amounts of data that come in that need to be processed. Also, you can use these type things in uh, more operational support. Uh, so, for instance, like a smart chatbot. Uh, we're very familiar with chatbots when you use like support and that sort of thing. Uh, smart chatbots use uh, what I was talking about earlier, a type of AI called natural language processing. So, it, it can be very applicable any place where you have large amounts of data and places where you need to interact with the computers with the physical world. Um, so, okay, so that would be like a customer... Um almost like a customer, if you're, if you're a utility and you're working with customers, or when I say customers, I mean like rate payers or what have you, there's questions about service or um, water usage, what have, there, there could be some interaction in that way. Yes, yes, and uh, a big area of that type of interaction is things like predictive maintenance. So being able to go through and figure out all the different data-centric factors in a particular device or a particular piece of equipment that you want to predict, okay, when the failure may occur sometime in the future. Because sometimes, uh, you know, it may be that um, you need to uh, feel, you know, that particular device with a certain chemical, you know, like, say, like oil or chlorine or ozone or something like that. You know, and you want to say, okay, when do I need to do that? Or sometimes you need to say fly technicians out, you know, to like certain areas and trying to understand, okay, when do I need to schedule that type of maintenance cycle? So, so there's a lot of tools in types of um, AI ML applications around those type of services and being able to facilitate those type of services. Okay, great. That really helps level set. So now um, I interrupted your your discussion about the <laughs> the progression of a project, but so you know you're you're trying to help gather information in a way that you can process it using AI as a tool. So then you know how do you know when you're like is this an ongoing thing? Is it just iterative? Is there an end point to these types of projects? Or are they really just ongoing? Uh, so it depends. It depends on the situation. It depends on the on the on the project. So when you're talking about artificial intelligence and machine learning, they tend to get grouped into like one kind of catch-all. 
you know, sort of sort of technology. But really what you're talking about is probably anywhere from 50 to 100 different types of algorithms. So like, for instance, an algorithm to go through and understand human language is completely different than an algorithm to go through and identify images, uh, you know, so to speak. So the first thing we do is probably sit down with the, with the, um, the and identify what the desired goal is. Then we try to match the algorithm to that desired goal. Once we do that, we then go and we search for data. You know, so it could be the data comes out of a particular system. It may mean that we need to source something out of a customer system, or we need to go out to a third party and grab data. Once we grab that data, then we go through and we write what's called um, a, uh, a candidate model, which is just you know, a type of uh, example analysis that goes through and uses that predictive quality you know, with the uh, machine learning model. And we sit down with the stakeholder and we iterate over it to make sure that it is uh, appropriate for needs. So it's not uncommon that when you're doing this, it's um, very similar to say a human analyst analyzing data. So if a human analyst analyzes data, they go through and they say, okay, here's my data, here's my results. They present it to a stakeholder. Stakeholder goes through and says, I'm not sure why this one thing is this one way. Can you research that a little bit more? Or that doesn't look quite right. Or, wow, that's really interesting. I would like to know more about that. You know, and so what you do is you iterate with your stakeholder to go through and add data in, you go through and find data, uh, or change data in a slight way to, to make it, to, to kind of get to a point where that analysis is more and more valuable. And then once you get to that, that end goal where folks say, okay, this is great, this analysis works, you deploy it out to your productionized environment. So usually it's called a golden model. And then what you do is you go through and you monitor that to make sure that it's making the right and accurate predictions. And it's really interesting because uh, this past year, as COVID has affected everybody in the world, uh, COVID has actually had an interesting effect on certain types of AI and machine learning because distribution of data changes, you know? So, um, for instance, it may be that you are tracking, you know, certain types of usage, certain things in certain geographic areas, and you don't have people with the same migratory patterns that occur from year to year, you know, because they're not moving due to COVID, you know, so you have to adjust, monitor those models and adjust it in order to make sure that uh, you're still making the accurate predictions and you're still um, uh, providing a, a valuable service. So that's, that's really helpful. And it, and it really is helpful, Brandon. Um, so what, do, after you go through this process, it sounds like, like you said, it's sort of dependent on, on the goals and the project itself as to whether or not there's a, there's an end point or, or not, but there, it's, it's an iterative process. So then what does a successful project that uses AI or machine learning look like? Is there, um, is it like a fancy report that then encourages certain activities as a result or, you know, is it cost savings, energy savings, or is it yes to all those and really, really dependent? (laughs) It's kind of a yes to all those and it's really dependent. Uh, so, you know, going back to my earlier example with like Siri, you know, the output of that is this nice little like interactive thing on your phone, you know, uh, that's being able to talk and interact with you. 
But also, um, you know, if it's when we get back to the uh, preventative maintenance uh, example, you know, so the output of that could be a report that schedules, you know, when a service technician is supposed to go out uh, at a more at a, in an appropriate time. So it kind of depends on the on the situation. Um, the the I will say that at least in my boat, the places where I've personally been very happy or, or defined success is there's a lot of times where folks will come to me, whether internal or external, and they'll say something on the lines of, I've got all this data and I'm not sure what to do with it. Can you help me? And then uh, by using these types of tools and techniques, we're able to open up insights that they wouldn't normally be able to get through conventional uh, means. And then at the end of the project, I've had some folks that'll say to me, I had no idea what to do uh, or where to go with this sort of thing. And you guys were able to, to, to just go through and help derive value out of this in a way that I didn't even think was possible. Um, so, so that to me is, is, is at least personally what I really like to see in terms of success. Okay. Well, that's, that sort of leads into one of the questions I have here for you, which was, you know, one of your most favorite projects or when I say most, I mean most satisfying projects. I don't know how you, you know, qualify that, um, but you know, it's probably something along the lines of 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 what you're saying, sort of helping the throughout the entire process, even establishing what it is that you're looking for, aside from just doing the actual digging for that. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so probably in terms of projects in general. Um, Probably the things that uh, I'd say most proud of or most successful with, um, it's probably a combination of, of different projects. So one is the, the act of building our data lake uh, because it has, it's probably about 500 terabytes in size, uh, which is massive. Um, and we're able to manage it using a lot of really cutting edge technologies. Um, and I'll just simply say, it, it just amazes me in terms of how much data comes into it, how we're able to manage it, and then how we're able to leverage it uh, to, to help our customers uh, every day. So, so I'm super, super proud of that. Uh, on the AI ML side, uh, I will say that uh, there's a couple different projects we've done in terms of being able to predict uh, different types of activities uh, within the company. Um, I can't get into too many details, but but some of them were, were really, really cool in terms of being able to predict, you know, uh, certain uh, behavioral aspects of, uh, of, of folks interacting with certain types of devices and that sort of thing in ways that we didn't really actually anticipate to begin with. Um, also, too, uh, being able to go through and we've had one project that just finished up, uh, which was an internal project that uh, helped us go through and find like these anomalies in, in certain types of conditions um, for certain types of pieces of equipment that, uh, you know, I remember one of the stakeholders at the very end of the project, he said to me, he said, you know, it's, it's hard to value this because you're giving us a dimension and a capability that we've never had before. You know, so you're giving us the ability to look at these billions of points, data points, where we, we just never really had that opportunity before. And now I'm just super excited to see kind of what the future holds, you know, now having that additional capability. For sure, for sure. So then my next question is, 
why should the water industry care? Why should water utilities care about AI and machine learning or accessing a data lake or, you know, you know, how do they even go about implementing something like this? Like what, 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 what kind of value can they get from this? Okay. Well, one thing is interesting. So when you say how do they go about implementing it, uh, it's actually really interesting. We have a product that's in controlled launch right now uh, with a number of the census customers that's actually titled Utility Data Lake, where a customer can go through and um, be able to access their own uh, AMI data that comes in off their off of our um, FlexNet systems. So, and there are plans in the future to expand out different functionalities to help customers in terms of managing their own data and uh, in their own little private data lakes, so to speak. So, um, so we are coming up with a product to kind of help in, in, in that realm. Now on the AI side, um, oh, let me back up, sorry. On the data lake side, why it's important to have aggregated, centralized and clean data stores is because if you wanna make good decisions, you have to have good data. And the more that your data is spread out across different types of systems, the harder it is to bring value uh, from that data. So data lakes have a lot of value because they aggregate data um, in different types of data into one place to be able to help you to leverage it. Now, AI and ML are tools on top of basic analytics that helps you leverage that type of data. Okay. And why AI and ML is important is because it's just another set of tools, uh, computing tools and processing tools to help you get at uh, doing more accurate predictions, uh, to do anomaly detection, and to be able to, like, like I was talking earlier, be able to find that proverbial needle in the haystack uh, that, you're, that you have to be looking for. Okay, that's, that's really helpful. And it, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I think you know, probably not able to get too far into this discussion today about, I think, some of the common misconceptions about artificial intelligence, um, but also the concerns some people have about data usage and who's using what and why and when and where and how and all that stuff. So maybe we could have a follow-up conversation about that. Um, But I do think that this is really helping clarify for people that there, there are a lot of positive ways that we can use these, these tools um, and these processes to, to help, um, especially in the water space. So, you know, what's, what's next? I mean, you, you mentioned some projects about with, with some of our um, uh, census customers, but, are there any projects you're working on coming up in the second half of the year or even next year that you see as um, kind of exciting opportunities? I know we can't get too much into the secret sauce here, which is totally fine. Um, but, you know, even just giving us a sense of what kind of industries or um, uh, applications would be would be helpful. Sure, sure. Uh, we do have a number. So we have that utility data lake. Uh, that we were talking about in terms of helping customers with their data storage and aggregation needs. Uh, but also too, on the AI side, yeah, some, some things I can't get too much into, but I'll simply say that uh, we do have a couple of projects that are upcoming that uh, to me are very excited, exciting in terms of uh, predictive maintenance and predictive service uh, for certain types of uh, products 
that, that we have, whether it be looking at certain types of uh, uh, chemicals or, or widgets or, or that sort of thing that make up the devices uh, that help support water infrastructure. Okay. Uh, yeah. And we're, we're also looking at uh, helping out a couple groups with some things relating to like um, geospatial stuff, uh, because there is uh, even AI and ML uh, related to certain types of geospatial uh, applications. So an example would be that, you know, you can use certain types of artificial intelligence techniques to infer various things about uh, certain types of devices and where they're located relative to other types of uh, data sets. So um, like for instance, um, weather type patterns, you know, would be related to geography and how certain things act and react relative to that. Um, that's a big area of how a lot of AI and ML techniques are used. Um, so, so those are the types of things that we're gonna be doing uh, in the upcoming year. And uh, one thing that's really neat and great is we're getting more and more interest uh, coming in uh, day to day. So a lot of people reaching out, under, trying to understand how they can use the type of techniques we, we have in their products um, to make, make our customers' lives better. Awesome. Um, so it sounds like you work as much with our own internal folks at Xylem, the employees here, to understand how your team can help them. But also there's some interaction directly with customers as well in terms of helping them uh, with their uh, and data analysis collection, what have you. So, you know, just a couple more questions for you before we close. And one of those things is like, what is, you know, the one takeaway you want people to know about what you do for Xylem? Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, one, one small clarifying point. So we do about 50%, you know, internal and 50% we work with product managers uh, all across Island who then work with customers. So we're kind of that little bit, little bit of the piece, you know, behind the scenes that helps, you know, them support customers. And, and okay. Fair yeah. enough. Um, so the, uh, uh, I guess one thing that we should take away about AI and ML is, I would simply say that the one thing to take away is if you're ever frustrated about you have a bunch of data and you don't feel like you're getting the value out of that data or, you, or you're not sure what you can do with the data, there are tons of possibilities. And AI and ML um, using large scale data sets or what's referred to as big data, like in data lakes, um, are an angle that can you know, help you uh, figure out how to make sense of that data, you know, or, and help you figure out what is actionable on that data. So we're getting to a point in time, I think, in technology where uh, folks are getting tons of data coming in and uh, from different things that are communicating in their environments, and they're looking for how to how to how to make it actionable. And AIML is one of those ways that you can um, help achieve that goal. I think that's a great takeaway, Brandon. Thank you. <laughs> So my final question, um, you happen to be an avid Solving Water listener, so you probably already know this question, um, but it's one I ask of every guest, and that is, uh, what is the most important thing you've learned in the water business so far? What's the most important thing I've learned in the water business uh, so far? I think the most important thing that I've learned in the water business so far, or at least the part that was very interesting to me is that 
how different water can be geographically across the world. Um, you know, so it's things from like, you know, if I remember talking with our pump folks uh, that, you know, if you have a drought condition, the pump runs higher than in a non-drought, you know, type condition. You know, that's not something I would have expected. Or you look at water consumption patterns that come in off like uh, our, our metering products. And you can see like, uh, like I was mentioning earlier, you can see like different geographic shifts of like how people like move around relative to water. And uh, to me, that, that's just been the, the most fascinating thing of, of seeing all these different things about how we really are, you know, uh, superly dependent on water. I mean, I know that's obvious, you know, for, for a water company and, the, and your listeners, but it's like you, you see this interaction of all the environment and, and how it all interacts with water and how we all kind of interact together with water. And it, I see that very much in my day to day. Uh, dealing with lots and lots of data. And um, it's just not something that I ever thought about before I had the wonderful opportunity to come work at Xylem. That's really cool, Brandon. And I think that's, you know, one of the goals of this podcast is you said it should be obvious, you know, to our listeners, you know, how we interact with water, but that's the thing is like, we, it is so integral to our lives Mm -hmm. that we, we don't, always understand how we interact with it. So hopefully conversations like this one today will help our listeners uh, learn more about that, be more aware and understand all the different ways that um, Xylem for sure is, is impacting the water industry. So Brandon, it was a pleasure talking with you today. I want to thank you on behalf of not just myself, but all our listeners for shedding some light on these really complex topics It's interesting to see how this all integrates with our business and how it's changing our industry in some really positive ways. For more information about Xylem's work in AI and data science, please see the link in our show notes. Don't forget to reach out to me at amanda.holloway at xylem.com with your ideas for show topics or guests and to provide feedback. Thanks again, Brandon. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed it. The Solving Water Podcast is produced and distributed by Xylem, a global water technology company of more than 16,000 employees committed to solving critical water and infrastructure challenges worldwide. Stream, download, and subscribe 